Hello everyone and welcome to this another edition of the podcast of Dragon Ball where we like to think of things as a little bit more laid back and understanding about the general world around it as we go up up high in the sky and approach the time when we can say that we are up on the lookout. who don't know, Up on the Lookout is a podcast of Dragon Ball with a difference. Here, we like to go in-depth with Dragon Ball, but in a much more theoretical-based thing instead of relying on pure facts all the time. We like to pontificate on this channel, and therefore we have wild, wacky ideas, and we like to share them with you. So, if you'd like to become part of the Up on the Lookout family, you can go to masico.cc lookout for more information, or you can become a YouTube member on the channel by going to X on YouTube and pressing the join button. There, you can find further information as well. And as usual, I'm joined by my sidekick, Havrock. Hello, I'm Spartacus. Something that's a rather apt topic for this part of the podcast, because as usual, we are looking deep into the manga of Dragon Ball Super and Chapter 70. So with that, let's get started. Okay, I think we don't need to beat about the bush here. I had mixed feelings about this chapter. I feel better than I did when I first saw the leaks, but still a little bit mixed. What were your first thoughts, Have? I still feel that it didn't derive into, you know, in, into a place that's unsalvageable, let's say. Because it, for me, <clears throat> while, it, yeah, like the wish might feel, you know, too easily gotten by by granola it's uh like it still has consequences and th- this wish feels very old school dragon ball to me like this plot point feels like something that could happen in db or z like finally we have dragon balls used as as a proper narrative de- narrative device instead of just being you know limited to oh yeah uh, we simply use the dragon balls after after uh, after an arc to revive everyone like a routine you know yes like a tool almost yeah 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 like uh, that doesn't have any like we forgot how powerful those orbs can be and yes like this is a new, completely new set but I think I I like I like that Toronbo can bend the rules a little bit, but with a twist, you know. Yes, I will agree with you with that because having the full context on display that made me feel a little better because when I saw the leaks, I wasn't really sure about the whole conditions thing, but now that I've seen the chapter in its full force, I now feel better about it in that. You know, Torombo is like saying, well, normally I couldn't do the wish and no other dragon could. It can only maximize the potential that you have. But if you're willing to go the extra mile and show that you really, really, really want it, I really, really want it. Good. Then you can have this. I can give you all the power that you need, but it's going to cost you. So, so you're thinking, ooh, 
Yeah, dealing with the devil, almost, or dealing with the dragon. Yeah, and one important thing is that he doesn't state that, oh, you are now the strongest, but you now can become the strongest. He doesn't say, oh, oh, Granola, you are now the strongest being. No, he, he, what he says is basically, it is possible for you to become the strongest, but it's not like, oh, yeah, I made you the, the strongest, now you are now. He gave him years of training, like 147 years of training, if Granola was in his prime all the time. Okay. Like, if he took all those years and, and, and he trained all the time. But that's still, you know, like, Granola is still, isn't still used to that power. So I think that mm. experience is pretty important, as we've learned with Moro, for example, who, yeah. you know, who had all that power, but was untrained in using it. Mm, yeah, well, he didn't particularly care for it. All he used it for was his magic at the beginning. But now having you said that, I feel that a lot of people might lose sight of that. I think people will just assume, and I did immediately when I first saw the chapter, was that, oh, he's now strong. He's now the strongest. But the way that you interpret it is actually, you know, a fair point. And it does lay in back into the whole, he's got three years left to live. So he's got nearly three years to get to know this power and potential and use it to the fore. So it's like, as you say, he's been just like skipped forward and now he's got this time to acclimate to the strength. And then hopefully before he kicks the bucket or the cosmos just goes, mm-hmm, bye-bye, uh, he then uses it to stop Frieza. So yeah, that I, I would say that is a little bit more logical than just saying, oh, you are strong now. But like I said, I feel that a lot of people won't get that and will just assume the obvious. And I understand that. On the other hand, like, you know, for years we have that question in the fandom. Oh, why nobody asked to be stronger than Vegeta or Goku? You know, why uh, why the villains? Like, we had that question since King Piccolo. Yeah, exactly. I mean, most people, the traditional wish was, oh, to get immortality. Um, and then... Uh, slug uh from the slug movie deviated from that just to be young again and then was like oh i should have wished for immortality and it's just most people just assumed oh the dragon balls are meant to be used to wish for immortality and now the first time that uh, a person who's meant to be a main antagonist is not doing that then people sort of get a little bit moody about it i i i i I still feel okay about it like i will feel bad about it if you know if he just uh, mobs the floor with vegeta frieza and goku but i don't think that that's what will happen i think he will be surprised that even though he he should be the strongest they will still win the first round or at least it would be much closer Mm. like he won't be like wiped off the face of the realms almost. He won't be vaporized instantly. He's strong enough now to not have that happen to him, but he's going to be beaten around. He'll be just like, you've got a good point, actually. He'll just be like, oh, why am I not this strong enough? And then Vegeta's like, you're sloppy. You don't know how to use that power. Come back when you're ready or something like that. And having lost to Saiyans, Granola's just going to be even more nettled. And yeah, Ah, and speaking of Vegeta, I think for the moment we should move on to the Goku and Vegeta bit because, you know, this is a Dragon Ball manga after all. We've got to talk about them somewhere. And I, I found I found his satisfaction that he could Hakai a pebble so funny. It's like, look at this, Kakarot. Pfft. Yeah, I did it. Look at me now. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Goku yeah. is Goku is also happy about about it. Like 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 yeah, he's genuinely happy. Yeah, he's just, good for you, man. You're my best buddy, and you did well. I'm happy for you. You know what, Kakarot? I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I just found that really, really funny. But at the same time, though, we said this in various discussions in the last few weeks. I mean, we're really inspired with these discussions at the moment. Is that Beerus is being rewritten for the story now? Because for many years, Beerus and Whis are just the comic foils who just so happen to be powerful. Now we're starting to see Beerus doing his job, or at least under or at least getting to understand how he uses his power and how it works. And, you know, it's a big deal. And I think um, there's a discussion that we're going to be having in the next few weeks that, you know, if Vegeta gets to grips with all this power, will he actually use it or will he be bigger than that? I don't think that they want to make Vegeta a, a replacement for Beerus, but I believe that uh, Beerus wants somebody like Frieza, wants another helper assistant almost that oh yeah vegeta could you destroy this planet for me please yeah because clearly uh, beerus is not going to be giving this job up he loves it too much he explained it himself that the thrill of using hakai is something that never gets old so there is no way in the immediate future that beerus is going to be retiring yeah he doesn't need to beerus is going to be going on for thousands of years the only way that vegeta is going to be able to stick around is that you know if the gods grant him immortality or at least a stay of execution because Vegeta's in his mid 40s or late 40s by now and you know he's gonna be like he's only got like maybe a couple of decades left in his prime so really if Beerus and Whis really want him on as the next appointee they're either gonna have to use a wish on the super dragon balls to bring him back to his prime or they're gonna have to you know have some kind of interim stopgap but the question is, though, would Vegeta want it? But that's for another video, obviously. It generates a lot of questions, but I did like this whole thing that Goku and Vegeta don't really do much except just getting to grips with all this general power. But it is nice to see that Goku is actually genuinely not interested in learning Hakai, or at least learning Hakai further than he does in the manga, because he does know Hakai. He does. And... Yeah, you know, he he sort of knows enough to be able to. I mean, I don't know whether Toyotaro remembers that. He probably does, but I feel that Vegeta will find out or will remember and will want to use that moment as a yardstick going forward. But yeah, just the fact that Goku could do it and he wasn't focusing on Hakai energy properly, then Vegeta could probably do way more. I think that the Goku doesn't want this power. Like he doesn't, it doesn't fit him, uh, and like he's glad to focus on on Ultra Instinct. You know? Yeah, he probably used that power in desperation at the moment of fuse Zamasu in the manga, but it's probably, as you say, it probably wasn't something that suited him. Like, it didn't feel right. That was just like a last, res a last resort almost. Now, I think we can go back to Granola now because I found it hilarious that, you know, Granola got long hair. You feel like, okay, why was that a thing? I feel that it might be a civilian thing. Maybe. But we don't fully know that yet. I still think it's like a little cheeky nod to Super Saiyan 3 in that that's technically like the uh, the strongest the Saiyan can get without interference from the gods. Yeah, Super Saiyan 3. I know that Super Saiyan 4 is a thing, but at the moment in Super, Super Saiyan 4 is not a thing. And it's not going to be a thing in the main manga. Super Dragon Ball Heroes, yeah, but yeah. You know what else it could be? Like, uh, it can be related to... 
all, you know, all those years, like technically that, that's how his hair would grow, you know, if he, if he lived for so many years, maybe, maybe like their hair grows, maybe it, it, it's their thing, you know, to show how many time would have passed. Yeah, that's true. How much time, how much, how much time would have passed? Because we've seen Monaito come in and Sure enough, he is very upset and disappointed with Granola, and Granola doesn't really seem to care. Like, we are seeing Granola's character dissolving by the chapter. Like, he is now just a ball of revenge. There is nothing really left of his original makeup now that he has this power. So, you feel like, oh, okay, but the fact that you knew about this, if we were to see Granola right now, him making the wish, not knowing anything about his backstory, we just wouldn't care. But the fact is that we do know, we do care. And we are now seeing it. it's actually rather tragic that he's now becoming consumed with all of this obsession for power. And now we're seeing Monaito, his effectively his best friend. Probably adopted grandfather figure. A couple of things, even though Monaito is only in a few pages, he does say some really good stuff, like really profound stuff. Like, you may be the strongest today, but you don't know who or what tomorrow will bring. You'd be like, oh, that's a that's a signature line for the arc. Like, it's just a, a refresh of Jackie Chun's lesson of there will always be someone stronger than you. Just don't assume that you'll be the best. But it's interesting to say that Monaito upended his life once again. To me, it's pretty obvious because, like, we know, like, it's confirmed, as we suspected, that Granola is around 50. And I feel like Monaito was the one to save him from rubble after after the Saiyan invasion. He blames himself for not, not uh, raising him well enough to enjoy life. Yeah, that's true. Like... To not fully appreciate it, but I, I still find it funny that Granola does the signature pose of his arms out, going like, Ah, yes, is it not beautiful? If you do not dis- demonstrate my power, I am the greatest warrior in the universe, blah, 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 blah. You feel like, oh, that's a classic Dragon Ball trope. You know, Cell does it, Freezer does it. In this case, I felt it was a self-aware, you know, self-aware trope. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a trope, but it's still a trope. It still happened. And... Yeah, sure enough, um, Granola does cut his hair off. So, you know, we do have that and he seems better for it. But going to Whis is that Whis already knows about Granola's existence. So he knows about it. Oh, is there going to be mystery as to who this might be? No, 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 no. Whis understands who it is. But at the moment, even Goku, as part of Goku and Vegeta, they're going like, I'm going to be the strongest warrior in the universe. No, I am. No, I am. They're so they're so obsessed with it's going to be one of them. They don't take into account it's going to be a third person, but Whis does. But I think no matter what Whis is going to say, I don't think that Goku or Vegeta would believe it. So even Goku is getting swept up in all of this hype about who is going to be the strongest. He thinks it's going to be him, but he doesn't remember the old lesson. So that I find really interesting. Uh, I, I feel that one of the scenarios on how, you know, how Granola can end up is that maybe he will become the G.O.D. candidate and that's how they can save him from demise. Like, oh. Because if you're a G.O.D. candidate, like, 
they have to stop you from aging. Like, yeah, be, like every G.O.D. was immortal. So there has to be a way to, you know, to make them eternal, as it were. That's that's a good point. I mean, he's the last of his kind and, you know, he doesn't really have any attachments because that's the big issue for either Goku or Vegeta. They have too many emotional attachments. So... Oh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he can find he can find satisfaction in life, you know, like l- 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 you know that that little little thing between Vegeta and Granola, right? That maybe 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 we have the the candidate in in, in front of us all the time. Mm, yeah, and uh, I think you made a really good point that the seeds of the story have already been sown in these few chapters like things that will pay off later they've happened already we just need to try and interpret what they might be and when they will happen i mean we can't get them every single thing right but we can at least speculate about which uh plot points are going to come back later like we still don't know about the origins of oatmeal and we still don't know but you know the fact is though oatmeal knows what's going on with granola so is it some kind of AI within the goggles? Yeah, you know, that's the best theory going, but right now... To me, a very Toriyama thing, again, would be that it's it's a very, very, very small being living, in, literally living in the goggles, like, you know, like the cricket guy from T.O.P. I forget the name. I actually, I just realized this because I want to talk about the heaters now some more because there's a lot about them now. And they've actually been in every single chapter now. And I noticed that the person or the being that is like uh, doing the music reminds me of the one of the um, like uh, clarinet players from the cantina in Star Wars. You know, like it, it looks very similar. Yeah, they are called, the race is called the Biff. Revenge of the Biff, right, gotcha. But yeah, so with the heaters base, it's being further established that there is a lot of Middle Eastern and like, you know, culturally appropriate kind of like, you know, there's belly dancers and all that stuff. And it's just the 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 aesthetic of the heaters is being established. And it's rather we're starting to get some world building, even with just some like interpretive dancing. But we are starting to realize that, yeah, the heaters, they are. I feel like they would fit in Star Wars really well in that they are a bunch of jerks, but they're well-meaning jerks. Like, they don't want to cause chaos or mayhem or anything like that. They want to profit off of it, of course, but they have standards after all. Yeah, like, like they are your, they are your, uh, they are your neutral evils, basically, which is a very rare, you know, thing in Dragon Ball. Like, like I think last proper neutral evil was Vegeta. Early. I would say Freezer's a neutral evil. Right now, uh, yes, but but he wasn't like that all the time. I would say pre, well, obviously before the Nemec saga, yeah, he was chaotic evil, but he became neutral evil at that point, and then going forward, he's definitely neutral evil. Like, and I feel so. I feel like that's why the Heaters and Freezer they sort of get along, or you know, they can coexist fairly well. You know, there's an understanding in there, so you feel like oh, okay. So you feel like the heaters are just a much more like down to earth, nitty gritty version of Freezer. Like they don't want to cause destruction or anything like that. They just want to gather information. So it's a different interpretation of the same thing. And one thing I find rather curious about all of this is that, of course, Granola is going there to kick their butt. But I like it, the fact that Gas, the, the one that he has the biggest beef with, 
did not fight him. I think I think it's 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 a hint. I think it's a hint for something for the future that that, that we might be at surprise about Gas's power. Yeah, like Gas hasn't gone all out yet, and that I feel like Gas will die. Like they will try and find a way to stop Granola, and Gas will be the one that falls at the last hurdle and stuff because. The fact that he didn't fight them, it's going to be an even more bombastic uh, encounter later on. And I feel like they got personal history. So I feel like Granola is going to be not holding back at all and being really particularly merciless. Yeah. Like one of the one of the things, and, and I kind of agree that the problem with the hitter action scenes in this chapter, like, like Totally Not Mark pointed out on Twitter, that... Uh, <coughs> We don't know their exact power, so the, this fight feel, felt a little bit like uh, like Stalin. All we know is that Granola, at the point before he got the wish, was about the same power as Freezer at, yeah, at the Nemec Saga. So they are much stronger than that. So maybe closer towards Cell, like semi-perfect Cell or something like that. So around that time, yeah, and that's still plenty in the galaxy. That's plenty strong. So, but I, I I do get what you mean. I feel like this entire action sequence, it's for pure, pure action and to just illustrate very basically, yeah, Granola is stronger than them now. It was an illustrative tool rather than to actually have something truly badass. He still has his standards and he doesn't kill needlessly. He could easily vaporize, you know, at least oil. Oh, no, no, he wanted to prove a point. And I find I'm actually starting to find more and more similarities with the construction crew that we made. Like, you know, and the t- traditional tropes of like, you know, the big tough one, the the female kind of like sleek with electricity powers. We got Gas, who's like probably the one who's the most frantic and stuff. And then we have the cool, calm, collected leader. So I'm feeling that we're following all the tropes of Dragon Ball here, in a way, if you look down to it, the brass tacks. But yeah, I feel like the heater battle, yeah, it was cool to see, and cool to see like Maki do something, instead of just sitting around and standing around and talking. So Maki gets stuck in, at least. But I feel like the fact that Gas did not do anything, it's going to lead to something later on. This is not the last of it. Especially that, you know, like, they, uh, you laugh at this in your uh, in your review, but, like, he did told them how to how to do it. I think that, uh, you know, what, what was that to me? Okay, I will tell you. I won't tell you, I will tell you. It's like, uh, while Granola was a bounty hunter, he isn't used to so much advantage against people you know like he d- he doesn't have this ultra tough guy act together so to me while it is hilarious it just shows how unskilled he is with you know with 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 enforcing demands like 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 oh come on all right yeah no i i just found it really funny say like, i'm not gonna tell you tell us okay Man, that guy was a tough bargainer. Yeah, the powers progressed, but the mindset hasn't. It's like, hey, what if you, like, just you in general, got something that would usually take decades for you to get right now? How would you handle it? Uh, You probably wouldn't be able to handle it. You'd be overwhelmed with all of this extra advantage or something. Yeah, I feel that I, I feel that hitters may be the true main villains of the arc and for example they when when Granola and the Saiyans stop fighting for example they might uh, attempt to use the Dragon Balls and give gas 
the same power as granola maybe gas will be the true true final boss of the arc i mean at the moment the way this is pacing right now i don't feel that this arc is going to be as long as the moral arc maybe not but you know like uh monaito gives us a little to me it's a foreshadowing you don't know who will go next so i feel that you know granola may be one huge red herring and the proper you know yeah prophesized strongest warrior will be someone else like gas or even a leg you know like like we all expect oh it's about granola no it's not about granola oh okay yeah, because uh, yeah, because it does seem quite clearly because you are starting to see the veneer out of goodwill removing themselves from the heaters. Because yeah, they're going like, yeah, we could work with Granola, but yeah, no, he's more trouble than he's worth. He's gonna have to die. And yeah, they're they're, they're just going like, yeah, we put up with him for long enough. So it seems like Granola's just been this pest. Like, despite the fact that he just keeps going on about freezer, he does bring home the bacon in terms of like you know all the goods and he he is reliable as a bounty hunter but he's probably not half annoying like annoying just going on like the bardock effect you know going freezer freezer and all that stuff he goes on about it so now he they're just they've had enough and now the fact he's actually stronger than them now it's like mm, yeah we probably need to call upon the saiyans and this leads me on to the whole thing of like is this what 73 is going to be right now he's just an exposition tool then i think oh well, if there is that three-year time limit and all, does that potentially mean that in this time, 7-3 might become fully operational again and escape? Yeah, because it took him months to regenerate like half his torso. Maybe he will be a big, the big bat of the next saga. Maybe, maybe, you know, like, it would be so funny if we learn at the end of the saga that 7-3 was manipulating both hitters and granola, acting like, oh, I'm just a simple ma- machine, but I have my own agenda. Oh, wait, well, of course he's a machine. He's a machine with computer-like things, so he can easily distort some facts and information. And since the hitters are reliant on information, they think, oh, he's a machine. How can he twist the facts how does he have that level of consciousness to be able to do that well and he was part of a certain cunning goatman for a long time and he had his powers so yeah exactly so yeah so that's actually a really good theory to be had like could 7-3 just be playing the heaters for a bunch of saps for his own self-preservation and maybe as you say it might either be gas or 7-3 7-3 might actually come to the rescue of the saiyans because you know Moro went mad and 7-3 was betrayed by Moro. So maybe the Saiyans are the ones that he maybe at least identifies with more. So he might actually come back and be like the the saving grace almost. We'll see. Like, even if he's just a tool, like, once again, it's a rare occurrence of continuity. And I and, and I must say, I, I, I'm kind of happy that, you know, that... that uh, the feat of uh, Moro left a consequence, a, a fitting consequence. Also, what I realized after reading those four, four chapters is that, uh, w- like, we haven't really thought about it that our heroes, the Z fighters, uh, kind of live in a, a totally different reality uh, from uh, other denizens of Universe 7, you know? And that. They, at first glance, they don't fit, but they kind of do fit. And I feel that uh, Granola Arc is when when those two words interject, when this, you know, fantastical word of our 
the uh, of our party finally starts to become aware of uh, of the science you know yeah and i feel like uh, the last phrase that you see on the final page at last fate will bring these three together i'm thinking no it won't as we've seen the gods orchestrate this thing the entire time like the fact that Whis knows about it, he's going to tell Vegeta and Goku about this, so they're going to be aware. So it's not going to be fate or destiny. It's it's all it's all part of the plan. You know, it's part of Whis's you know, compulsion to like uh, Goku, Vegeta, you might want to take a look at this and stuff like that. So it's not really fate. It's just like this is going to happen because they are there to stop somebody who has this power and is slowly going mad. I think that Whis is too curious to, to tell them outright. I think he, he, he will just wait to see what will happen. Yes, but it's not fate. As in, like, Granola's existence is, like, steering them in the right direction. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's probably the weakest of the four chapters, but that's not a bad thing. As in, like, yeah, it can't be constantly great chapter after chapter after chapter. There are going to be weaker ones almost but that's still not a bad chapter it's still a good chapter in comparison to what we've had before and way better than the first half of super's manga way better but yeah we just needed one maybe just to be like a bit more you know middle of the road some things which start to not add up fully but it's still a healthy solid chapter it's just it just didn't excite me as much as the last three and one important thing like the problem that manga has right now is is the monthly releases and and, and on that I, I agree with mark that that that, that, that maybe sh- shorter weekly releases would be better yeah every two weeks or something like that you get like a shorter chapter because these these chapters are long boys because I think back in the day the average manga chapter was about 18 19 pages. And I feel like that that would actually generate more and more hype because (laughs) funny story, I completely forgot about this chapter coming out. And I thought it was um, on the day we're recording this Friday, but no, it was the day before on Thursday. And I saw that Geekdom put his review out. And then I was like, huh? How? I know he's got contacts and he can get it relatively early, but I was like, when does a look on Viz coming out in an hour? Oh no. So I had to quickly write up all of my advanced scripting and I'm like, ah, and yeah, so I, I had to race against the clock to get it done. So I did it, but it took me a little longer than I thought it would. <laughs> yeah. So I suppose this chapter, you know, it's a solid seven out of 10 for me. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good one, but not, uh, not, it's the least good of the four for me. I would agree that it's the weakest for me. It would be eight minus. Okay, I'd, I'd say that's a fair assessment, but yeah. So with that, uh, that's another chapter review done for another month. And we would wish that they were out a little bit more regularly. But hey, what are you going to do? This is Dragon Ball. Things do take a little bit of time because, hey, the exactly five minutes joke. Insert five minute joke here. Ha 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 ha. Ho but, ho ho. Yes, of course, because that's a commonly used trope but anyway we hope that you enjoyed today's uh dragon ball super manga review and if you would like to learn more and how to actually contribute to the server costs and whatnot you can go to masako.cc slash look out for more information or you can become a youtube member on the masako x channel more information to be had in the description so once again have thank you so much for joining me thank you pleasure as always 
and we shall see you all next time for a thrilling episode of Revelation F coming on the 31st of March and then going forward into April more episodes of that and of course next month's manga review so until then I hope you all stay safe and take care out there ta-ra bye